Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a podcast by DriverReach in partnership with FreightWaves. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder of DriverReach, a modern software solution at the intersection of recruiting and compliance. With over 20 years in the trucking industry, both on the carrier side as well as the vendor side, I bring a wealth of expertise around all things recruiting, retention, and compliance. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges from recruitment and retention to the realm of regulatory compliance. Your positive feedback keeps us motivated. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on your preferred platform. This week, I'm excited to be joined by a great industry friend and ally, Yvonne Glover, Director of Operations at Tyler Technologies. Now, if that name doesn't ring a bell, they were formerly NIC, and you may be more familiar with the popular PSP report they provide. Uh, So glad to have you on the show, Yvonne. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, now we have something in common. We're both passionate about compliance in this highly regulated industry that is trucking. And uh, I'm anxious to discuss your background, what inspired you to join this great industry, and also your passion for pre-employment screening and onboarding new drivers, an area in which Tyler Technologies specializes. Plus, we want to uh, make sure we have time for a question from a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Does that work for you? That sounds great. All right. Well, perfect. Well, to kick things off, I'm curious if you have any book recommendations for the audience, anything Uh, recent that you've read, maybe that's been impactful to you. Books, I'll tell you, I love, 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 love to read. And when I was young, I used to read and I had the fortune to have some wonderful English teachers that allowed us to even to act out some of our poems and reading. So it really stayed with me uh, until adulthood. And one of the things I'm finding I really enjoy right now is historical fiction. I love fiction. I love the history. And I also love history. I love history and all the things that it embodies. But sometimes you need a little bit of a break. And I feel like historical fiction gives me that balance. It allows the story to come to life because there's some true things that we can relate to, things that we've heard about. Then there's also some fiction that kind of allows us to just think and beyond what we're already doing. So I find that's a nice break from my day to day. And I would tell you one thing that I uh, have on my list to read next is The Covenant of Water. I haven't read it yet, but it's the next historical fiction book that is on my list. So creating some type of balance in the world that seems to be so busy today. Well, I like that. And that's a uh, that's refreshing. That's the first time someone has spoke about a spoken spoke about a genre. I, I really like that. And uh, and I also like history. And, uh, and I've read some historic fiction myself and I'm curious. So I wrote that down, uh, Covenant of Water. Do you, do you use Goodreads at all? Is that an app? Are you familiar with it? I am familiar with it. You know, I have this paper fetish. I love the feel of paper. I love texture. And so although I have had the apps and I've read on, and it's so, so, so convenient because you can carry three or four books with you. Um, I still love to carry a good book and really just filling it. So I find myself still buying books. And if it's a good book that I think will retain some type of value, I buy the hardback book and, you know, and just keep it in my library. But I am finding, especially with lots of travel, I'm going to have to eventually leave the hardback a little bit and start to move it into some of the apps. So I haven't done that yet, but I, this is one of the things that even though I'm in the IT industry that I have been resisted of. I'm with you. I uh, I think that's part of our. I, I'm also while I do a lot on Audible, I also like to uh, 
to grab a hold of a book every once in a while. But Goodreads, what, the reason why I like this app, it just helps you track the books that you've read, what you're currently reading, and what you want to read. So um, they, they, I, I should own stock in it if it were publicly traded because I swear I, I, I plug it all the time because I really like it. And it's I've got to check it out, Jeremy. Yeah, you can see what what your friends and stuff are doing. Sorry, <laughs> now that we've we've gotten books and stuff out of the way, spent you know half our time. Let's focus on. Uh, and I, I certainly want to talk about Tyler Technologies, but even before that. I'd like to learn about your background. Could you share a little about who is Yvonne Glover and you know what was the path that led you to the trucking industry? It's a very interesting path how I landed in the trucking industry. You know, I started off working for an IT firm when I finished college, although I was not the techie person. I was the one that really understood everyone's business, what they wanted to do, got to know them and made recommendations and brought in the technical folks. But then I married this guy that was in the military, my college sweetheart, and that'll f- made me have to really think about and be flexible about my career. So there were lots of things that I've done. We would move around as we introduced children into our into our marriage, depending on how much I can travel. And then there was this thing that when we had the war, that I was wanting to utilize some of my corporate skills helping the military as they were trying to make sure that families and service members were put into place and had the programs that were there. So what I found myself really spending over a decade of supporting the Department of Defense and all of its sister services. About four years ago, though, I got this call. And it was a call um, asking for the firm that I'm with that was looking for certain skills and uh, was in the transportation industry, what's the largest client. And I was like, hmm. I wondered how that would, would transpose. I had spent almost 18 years serving uh, the military. But I would tell you, there's so many similarities in the culture. There's so many military um, that come and transition into the trucking industry. And what I found was the hospitality was so similar. So it was very, very easy for me to transfer into this um, industry. Ironically, I have three generations of trucking. My brother's currently a truck driver. I have an uncle that was a truck driver. My great uncle was a truck driver. My great uncle drove long from Louisiana to Alaska. And I remember hearing the stories uh, from my grandmother about just some of his, his trips. And this was when didn't have all the safety components that were in place at the time. Uh, we can think that some, he died younger. Uh, some of the health issues were probably just kind of because of some of that as well and the industry he was supporting. And so it's, it's amazing that it comes full circle that I have spent the last four years focusing on safety in this industry. Well, like you said, it's in the blood. It's in your blood. You didn't even realize it. You didn't realize this is the path that you'd go down. But but four years ago, that fateful call. Now, um, what you, you mentioned some similarities. Can you share like what's what are some of the similarities between, you know, the Department of Defense and, and, and trucking that you've seen so far? Sure. I think it's partly mostly the people. You know, uh, both of them were industries I did not expect. Although I met my husband in um, college, I did not, you know, you're in college, you don't know that you're going to get married. Um, and at the time, he thought, wasn't sure that he was going to be uh, join the military. He was in the ROTC and it was just uh, a, a path that we found ourselves upon. And then once he joined, he thought he would only do maybe three to four years and end up spending a, an entire his first career. So those are some similarities in how I found myself in those um, those industries. But I think the people, they were very welcoming, very warm. Um, it was a community. It was a family within a larger community. And everyone was trying to do things to help. 
the others. It's, it's what my husband would say, selfless service. And so we understand and know what selfless service is in the military, and we've seen lots of examples of that. What I have seen over the last four years is the selfless service that we even see in this particular industry. I think the entire country, the world really, saw that during the pandemic, how things continue to move forward. And I just started to see that, you know what, there really are some similarities. Well, that's interesting. And, and I know, you know, this the audience here is probably, as I said at the top of the show, might be more familiar with the name NIC that they've gotten to know since since the PSP report was first launched, but uh, now uh, known as Tyler Technologies. Can you share who is Tyler Technologies? You sort of what 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 all encompasses what Tyler Technologies does? You know, we are focusing on problem solving, helping the government to help us as constituents at, in the end. You know, whether it's it's local, it's state, uh, and also in the federal space. And although I'm spending a lot of that time um, into the federal space, we are really looking at how to help the government access data. You know, and so when you think about things from providing um, the DMV services in, in many of the states, when they're pulling driving records, vehicle registrations, things that we just driving cars that we're accustomed to from um, dispatching with the kids on the buses, um, anything that has data, we have really been able to help the park system that we see. Um, but then, of course, you know, while we're here, law enforcement and safety records. Um, and that is where you look. Uh, we were uh, with FMCSA, the pre-employment screening program that was in response to a mandate um, that legislation put into place. And FMCSA had a short amount of time to get um, this program into place. And we were contracted to help build the program and manage the program for them. And we've been doing this since the inception. So for about 13, 14 years, we have this program, we've built it, and we're really focusing on the five years crash inspection, three uh, crash data, and three years inspection history. It is to ensure that motor carriers are able to make a determination if a potential driver is best suited for their organization. But then we've, we've made sure and want to make sure, too, that our drivers also have access to that information. You know, so these are drivers. So motor carriers and drivers are able to pull this information. So it's in response, though, to to this mandate. Well, I remember when that came about uh, and I uh, be was a recipient of uh, of that data as an employer of about 500 full time and part time drivers back then. So uh, certainly a valuable piece of information, maybe. And I, and I want to unpack quite a bit of that, both on the driver side and the uh, carrier side. Could you maybe elaborate on the on the significant benefits that that the PSP or pre-employment screening program offers to to motor carriers specifically, and and how can they enroll to take advantage of the of this service? This is the complement what you're already pulling from the motor vehicle records. So the motor vehicle records, as we know by state, there may be a little bit nuanced differences of what is provided and the time period that it is updated. And the reason why this was mandated is because the PSP provides five years crash. Three years inspection is going to be consistent across the board, regardless of the state that the driver has driven in. And also it is updated about every 30 days. This is giving the motor carriers some uh, pretty update within the month time period of information that is coming up from the states, you know, through the MCMAS that comes through FMCSA. Still the privacy is there. No one on my team sees that information. Um, it is make sure that uh, very similar to uh, our credit report. So we know how protected our credit reports are. It's the same thing 
safer of these drivers' records for our drivers. That is important, the privacy for them. They have to get permission um, to be able to pull this record. But then you instantaneously have this record in the interview. So, Jeremy, if you were looking to hire me as a driver and I was interviewing, you would get my permission, pull up the record, and then we're able to have a conversation. You're just uh, have data, good data, along with the MVR to decide if I, this is a good fit. Well, you made a good point. It's complementary to the to the MVR. It gives a, a a better view and certainly more relevant probably to the trucking side of what that driver may have been doing as opposed to the MVR, which is going to also include anything they're doing in their personal vehicle. So you're re- correct. It will focus just on the uh, on the truck. And so it's under CDL licensing. And as FMCSA uh, expands the programs that are there, like the crash determinability uh, program that is there, we now you will see that within the report as well. So as things are enhanced within FMCSA and programs are that deals with the crashes and inspections, we're starting to see that information to be pulled as well with the PSP. Now, when most of us think of PSP uh, reports, we're, we're generally considering it from the carrier's perspective. Can you explain how the PSP monitoring program works and what benefits it provides for actual drivers, CDL drivers? You know, it's it's your record. It is a driver's record. It's a part of your imprint. And as a driver, I want to know what other folks are seeing and what information that is out there. I want to ensure that it is accurate. So the PSP driving monitoring program is only for drivers. And what that does, it is free for drivers to sign up for this program. And what drivers will do, they will get alerted uh, if there is a change to the record. So the notification is free. That allows them to say, hmm, I'm not sure what should have been a change. And so I'm going to go pull my record, give them the option to decide they want to pull the record to see what that change may be. Uh, maybe they are aware of what they changed. They've recently had a roadside inspection and maybe they want to verify what they what occurred. They thought it occurred on the uh, on the roadside. They can see that um, that notated within their record as well. So it gives the driver a little bit more control and visibility, some transparency of what that record is. The idea is not for it to be secret to the um, the driver is for the driver to be aware and to know. But then it also alerts them if there's ever any um, errors or mistakes that may have occurred. Uh, sometimes it's just fat fingering on the roadside. It allows them to see that before they may need the record. Yeah, that's that's valuable. And I don't think enough drivers, I'm guessing, you have the data, you know, but I, I'm guessing that uh, there are not nearly as many drivers as uh, as you'd probably like to see participating in that program. So perhaps... I- <laughs> I'd certainly like to help spread that word because I think that's a valuable service, especially yes. the free notification aspect of it. I think that's that's really valuable. So that's that's encouraging. You, you definitely hit the nail on the uh, on the nose there, Jamie. We would love to see all of our drivers to take advantage of this. Um, and there's only a small uh, number, and they can opt out at any time. You know, there's no other spam. No one's selling any information. It is truly just uh, a notification if there's a change to the record, and if at any moment if they change industries or they just decide they don't want to receive that notification anymore, they can opt out of it. But the notification is free, and it is only for drivers. So we, you and I, we've seen uh, each other quite a bit lately out on the trail, <laughs> attending conferences, engaging with the industry. What's what's your goal when you're in attendance, and and how important do you think it is to be engaged and present at at various industry events? You know, I think it's important that we just support the industry one. 
Uh, we are, uh, as Tyler Technology as a company, uh, you know, focusing on the digitization for uh, all of the uh, federal, uh, local, and, and, and state as well. Uh, we want to show that transportation is important to us. It is an important part of our, uh, the, uh, the work that we're doing uh, for the community. But then also it's, it's the visibility. And so it's visibility. And so specifically, because we're, we're speaking about PSP as a highlight, it's an optional program. You know, motor carriers, it, unlike pulling an MVR every year, pulling a uh, pre-employment screening program pre-hire, it's only available pre-hire at the moment uh, for motor carriers, it's optional. And so it's important that motor carriers and the companies and those who serve them understand the value understand what are you getting and why is it important to pull it, how to use it along with the NVR, to know that there's training available, that we will provide webinars and training to your staff at no charge um, to make sure that your team and your recruiters are aware of the value of using it, how to use it, um, and the information that's on it. Well, uh, you mentioned it's optional. Now, and, and, and I know you're all about data. So, and I think most people like data. So here's the statistic. And this is straight off of the FMCSA's website. And I and I totally can uh, believe its relevance and, and truthfulness just because of my experience uh, running PSP reports. But companies using PSP to screen new drivers lower their crash rate by 8% and driver out of service rates by 17% on average compared to those that do not use PSP. Now, you mentioned that this is, you know, it's optional, right? It's uh, it's not required. But can you explain how important it is, you know, to use PSP reports when trying to properly vet a driver, especially in today's environment of you know, nuclear verdicts and settlements where bad hiring is where the largest verdict amounts are rendered? Right. You know, it would, you know, and, and, and let me want to, to reiterate, I not be an FMCSA just running their program. Uh, but what we see, um, and, and this is an FMCSA study is that, um, just the data shows, you know, here we are, uh, at Tyler Technology, we focus on data making it make sense. And, um, and this was independently done just from talking to the motor carriers and looking at the records. And what it does is it means that they're hiring better drivers. They're making better, they're making better choices about who should be a part of their team. Um, they are, um, being able to make the decisions to say, we have a strong team who's focusing on safety based on their past history. I've even had, um, some motor carriers state, uh, motor carrier safety director say, sometimes I look at a record and I may see some inspection infractions. And it doesn't mean I don't hire them. I identify training opportunity. So again, we're providing the data. This is data that's there. Um, FMCSA is providing this data for you to make some decisions. They're not given a determination. It's just clean data for you to determine if this person is, is good for your organization and then what do you need to do to make sure that they fit in and continue to have the safety of skills that are needed. Well, I'm a huge proponent of it. And I think there's an opportunity here. I, you know, I'd like to unpack the deeper dive question specifically was around uh, PSP reporting and and whether or not it uh, it may become mandatory. Actually, this if this is a good time, I'd, I'd love to, to answer this question. And the, and the question specifically is, do you expect the PSP report to become a mandatory component of the DQ file going forward? Uh, 
that's a question. Uh, I assume it's somebody who knew you were going to be on the show and said that's <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're on the fence or maybe they've been running it all the time and wondering why everybody isn't. But what do you think about that? Sure. So, you know, that is one thing that FMCSA really would have to answer uh, um, for for all of us. Um, and uh, I know that question has been asked to them. I've heard it asked to them. We get the question all the time and we share that information uh, with FMCSA as well. Um, this happens to be a, a program that is congressionally mandated. And so, you know, we used to hear people people sometimes say, oh, it takes an act of Congress to get something changed. And this <laughs> literally does. So, <laughs> so um, I, I, I know that FMCSA um, is, is hearing what people are asking and what they're saying. And we're sharing that feedback with them. Um, I, Yvonne, with Tyler Technology, cannot speak on their behalf, but to share that that information, we're starting to hear that, ask that more and more. And um, and it is with the FMCSA to, um, to take that data and then make a determination. Of course, they have to work with Congress to get that changed. Well, the statistic that I shared uh, that the FMCSA promotes on their website, uh, it's demonstrable. Right. It's pretty significant. So, I mean, I think it behooves anyone who's listening, if you're not uh, performing PSP reports uh, on your uh, driver applicants to uh, to do that uh, in haste. <laughs> so that would be my <laughs> suggestion. And uh, but but Yvonne, thank you so much for joining us. I, I love spending time with you. Really excited to uh, to see this you know continue to blossom and, and, and especially what you're doing even on the driver's side. I think that's really exciting and I appreciate your dedication to the industry and hope to see you again soon. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jeremy. It was great being here, and I look forward to seeing everyone out there on the road. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Route and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any question or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. Now, before you go, I'd like to share that DriverReach is launching our most valuable product to date, the DQ file checklist, to help carriers ensure without a doubt that they've got compliance buttoned up. Visit driverreach.com slash checklist to learn more. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.